Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Amy Eklund. She is the president of Amy Works Inc., and they are a residential remodeling company based in the Seattle area. The company was founded as a candy woman services business with Amy and their Subaru Outback in 2010, and they created a unique niche in the male-dominated home repair business. Amy Works has grown to a highly sought-after general contracting firm with positive growth year after year. Amy has gained their business savvy through programs like the U.S. Small Business Administration's Emerging Leaders Program, UW Small Business Growth Collaborative, and the Aspire Institute Business Mastery Program for Contractors. Amy's passion for teaching and recruiting diversity to the field is reflected through their service as co-chair for Seattle Central College's Technical Advisory Committee for the Wood Tech Center. Amy also hosts a weekly podcast titled Let's Talk Home Repair to inform and empower those with an interest in DIY and the field of construction. In her free time, Amy enjoys hanging out with friends, exploring in the woods, and experiencing live music. Now for the conversation with Amy Eklund of Amy Works. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Spencer. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you kind of give us an overview of who you are and where you're located and what your company's doing these days to kick us off? I am Amy Eklund and I own Amy Works Inc. And we are located in Seattle and we are doing residential remodeling, focusing more on kitchens, bathrooms, basements, working into the DADU market as well. Been in business for 12 years and uh, going strong. Right on. Yeah, congrats. I think it's only like uh, three or 5% of businesses that make it to uh, to 10 years and like north of a million in, in sales. So you're... Wow, you're really? Right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that statistic. That's a great statistic. <laughs> well, you know, and it's like 64.3% of stats are made up on the spot anyway. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. But, uh, yeah. So 12 years. So so where did it all start? What, you, what got you into this? Oh... Okay, you ready for a story? So, yeah, let's do it. My educational background is I've got a bachelor's of science degree in environmental science, and I worked in the as a chemist for about fourteen years, and just got to the point where you know I didn't want to I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to be a supervisor. I didn't want to do those kind of things. And a friend of mine had sent me a link to a line of hand tools that were designed for women by women. And they uh, were sold at home parties like Pampered Chef or, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And so I was like, oh, my goodness. Yes, that would be that would be a lot of fun. And at these home parties, you do a little 
little training kind of thing. It's like, okay, let's, you know, I'll, I'll teach you a little bit of maintenance or this is how you change out a light switch or your faucet or something like that. Well, then I had all these women because they were, you know, typically women that were at these parties would ask me, you know, can you come to my house? And, you know, I have a link in my, a leak in my utility sink. Can you come and fix it? I'm like, well, sure. Yeah. My dad was a jack of all trades and could do anything and he did it well. And he taught me how to do it. The only thing he didn't teach me was that I could hire people to do the work for me. (laughs) So, you know, at 23, I had, I bought my first house and my daughter's six months old, uh, laying on the living room floor as I'm tearing the drywall off the walls. So that's, that's kind of how I got my training. So these women would ask me how, if I could come to their house and do these minor repairs. And, you know, the first time I went up to somebody's door to knock on the door, I was like, oh my God, they're going to pay me to do this. This is so great. Well, then I just started get looking into, you know, what it would take to be licensed to do it, you know, legally in the state of Washington. And the state of Washington does not require a whole lot to get you know, a business license for general contractor or handyman services. And I, as I was doing that due diligence, I ran across handyman services franchise. And I went and talked to the CEO. Um, it was a relatively new company. I think they'd been, you know, in business for about three years. I talked to the CEO and he was very interested in having a woman-owned uh, franchise. So we struck up a really great deal. So I got a franchise and what that really meant was I had a van with graphics on it and I had a territory, right? So yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah. Just, I just bought myself a job. Yeah. Here you um, go. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was no model to expand your business to having more employees, more vans, anything like that. So I did that for a couple of years and got to the point where I, I really didn't like the franchise model. I didn't like, I was, I was paying markup on materials and it's like, that's oh, a pass through cost. So I let that go. And, you know, I had a two year non, non-compete in the contract and went to work for a real estate developer who was converting apartments to condos and then got a lot of really good hands-on skills at that time. I was there for a month and I was crew lead. And then, um, so then this was in 2008, 2009, you know, real estate market just Fun absolutely times, tanked. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> tanked. And so, you know, I'm left unemployed. It's like, okay, now what do I do? And I still had people calling me, asking me to come and do this work or that work. And so, you know, the economy's in the toilet and I decided, well, I'll just go ahead and start my business. So that's how I started it. And was in business for about nine months and hired my first employee. Right on. Yeah, that's super cool. I think it's so interesting. I feel like oftentimes many businesses are started during recessionary times. You know, I know a lot go out during those times, but then a lot of new ones are formed, you know, and uh, you kind of see that, that opportunity. So what was it about, you know, was it just because it, it intrigued you like working on all these things and you were just like getting requests for people to help and you're like, Oh, I can do this. Or did you, do you actually enjoy like the construction process and that sort of thing? Or, or was it more like, wow, people are asking me to do this and I can help. And so I, I feel like I can serve this need. And it's a little bit of both. A little bit. I, mean, yeah. I love, yeah. I love being able to, to go in and, and, you know, fix this stuff that is for me, it's relatively easy for them. It's like, you know, it's rocket science. It's like, really, it's not. (laughs) 
And well, then, it's it's got to be easier than chemistry, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and you know, there's a there's a niche, there's a need for that type of service right now. It's just, and then especially being you know woman owned, people call us just because we are woman owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, especially because we all know this industry. You know, uh, the women are primarily the decision makers too, and there's so mm-hmm. many horror stories going back decades and decades of bad experiences in this industry. So I'm sure that gives you a a unique uh, discussion point and something that, um, like you said, people are looking for, uh, which is cool. So, so when you made that leap to, okay, I'm going to start my own thing. I've kind of, I'm done with the two year non-compete, you know, what were those first projects like? And, and was it all just like, referrals coming to you from going to those parties and kind of the, you know, that initial stage there? The jobs that I was taking were, were, you know, small jobs. Somebody wanted their, you know, bathtub recalled or they had drywall patches that needed to be done. You know, those kind of things, just that small home repair stuff that, you know, people have a list that's their arm lengths long that I would just come in and do it. I was getting referrals from some of those women that had been to those parties. But I also had learned when I had the franchise that one of the best things to do when you're starting your business is to join a networking group, right? Mm. Like the BNI or Latip used to be, I don't know if they're even in existence anymore, but but being one of the, being involved in those networking groups that are, you know, community-based and so that, you know, kind of gets your name out there and you're meeting other professionals in the community that can give you referrals. And that helped immensely to get things yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what did that transition look like from smaller jobs, kind of handyman type jobs to what you're doing, you know, today, which I would assume is a little bit larger scale. Was it a pretty gradual process or did you feel like you had like any pivot points or like, I got to get out of, you know, handyman work or. It was a pretty drastic line. I had at one point, I think I had nine people in the field, maybe, maybe seven, but I had, you know, quite a few, quite a few people out in the field that were doing the work and I wasn't doing, I wasn't out in the field much anymore, but as you know, it's, it's hard to find people with those skills to do remodeling. And it's even harder to find them in for the handyman services, because you got to know a little bit of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to know how to do the drywall and the, you know, the trim work. And so, and I started getting frustrated because the the quality of people that I had available to me to hire, I was constantly getting calls from clients saying, yeah, this isn't working. This isn't, you know, this isn't good enough, that kind of thing. So there was a lot of rework and it was my reputation. I actually closed the doors for about five months. Oh, wow. And because I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. And I I did not want to be the one that went out back out in the field, right? I wanted to run the business. We shut down for about five months and I went to work for a friend of mine who needed a project manager. So, and he was, does, you know, bigger projects here in Seattle. So I went to work for him for about five months and he ended up, he ended up laying me off because it got yeah. slow for him. And I, you know, it's like, I totally understand. It's like, if you need to lay me off, that's okay. I get it. And during that time, my very first employee was working with me as well at his company. I had her come in and and she was a project manager as well. And we both looked at each other and said, you know, we could do this ourselves. So after he laid me off, it's like, okay, here we go. We've got Amy works 2.0 
And we just started focusing on the remodeling thing. And they're two different business models, absolutely two different business models. So it was a real learning learning curve for me in the scheduling part of it and, you know, the cash flow part of it. So it's, it's like I started one and I did it for about seven years and now I've been doing the remodeling for about five years. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, we've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems and I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. That's cool. Yeah, that I feel like that takes a lot of guts to just shut it down and kind of like think about, you know, like, Hey, what, what am I really trying to do here? But I think Mm -hmm. it's super cool to hear because I think a lot of times people get stuck in something that isn't working or it's not working how they want it to. Maybe you could have made the handyman stuff work, you know, if you tried a few different angles, but you looked at it and you're like, this isn't what I want, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's super cool. I don't think a lot of people do that. And I think that takes a lot of, a lot of courage to do. So I'm curious, you know, over, over your journey, you know, I've been, been at this for 12 years. It's looked different along the way. What do you think surprised you the most about business ownership? That it takes a lot of guts to do it that I didn't realize. Because if I knew, <laughs> I don't think I would have done it. You know, I kind of went in there incredibly naive because I had no business prior to Prior to starting my franchise, I had no business experience whatsoever. You know, I could balance a checkbook and that was about it. And fortunately for me, when we go when we went through the training for the franchise, they they did a lot of work with, you know, business development and things like that. So I, so then I was starting to learn. And I've also taken a number of workshops and programs that like the Small Business Administration does a program. It's a six-month-long, you know, uh, business program. And there was one for the the School of Business here in, at the UW. But had I known those things, I would have never, <laughs> it's like, no, that is way too scary to do that. And people would always say, oh, you're so brave. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm just kind of dumb, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah. I doubt that very much. But yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, a lot of that was resonating with me as you were talking about it. Because you get in and you just think, oh, there's these three things. You know, you get some clients, you do some work and, you know, right. then they're happy. Yeah. and. And you, yeah, then you uncover all the details that go into those different buckets. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thinking back over all the different projects that you've worked on and and that sort of thing, is there like a crazy or wild or weird client story that uh, that's coming to you that you can share? Obviously you can leave out names and stuff like that. (laughs) 
I had one, this is when I was doing the handyman stuff and this woman was moving into a brand new town home in the suburb of Seattle. And she wanted me to go in and paint, repaint every room. Mm. She wanted two colors in every room. So there were three bathrooms or no, three, ba- three bedrooms, two bathrooms, the living room. And then, so, so there was that. And she had an office that she wanted painted red. And I don't know if you've done any painting with red, but red is awful. <laughs> so nine coats of red on this oh. wall. And it was still, I mean, the cover was not. So that was, that was quite a challenge. And then she wanted me to install these hammock type beds. And so they were huge stainless steel rings that were eight feet across. They had the webbing like a, like a hammock, except it was really taut. And then they were, you had 32 lines that came up that joined up on top at a carabiner. And so you had to make sure that when you were hanging these things, that whatever you were putting them into could hold 2000 pounds. Whoa. So it wasn't just a matter of, you know, finding, finding the joist in the ceiling and screwing into it. So I actually had to buy a 12 foot long four by four steel beam. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that I had to install in the living room from wall to wall. And I had to, a neighbor of mine came and helped me and we couldn't go through the house because, you know, it was a townhouse, right? You've got the stairs. So we yep. had to come up over the balcony to get that in. And, and then we also had to do it up in the, the attic at area because she wanted it in her bedroom as well. She, so she wanted two of these. So I had to put angle iron across the trusses and an eyeball that went through. I mean, it was just crazy. And then I she ran into a very rest. particular about her sleep. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. And it was kind of crazy because she had these two little kids, right? You know, a three-year-old and the five-year-old. And she didn't want it, the one in the living room, she didn't want it uh, tethered to the floor because she just had brand new bamboo floors in there. So she's got this eight-foot, you know, steel hammock kind of thing that's swinging all over the place. There's a window right there. I was like, are you sure? She's like, no, I don't want it. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into her six months later and she asked me if I'd come and take them down because they just, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, way. Oh. that was an interesting, interesting project. Yeah, I bet. Some people thinking. get something in their mind. They're like, I got to have, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like, all right. I mean, this is, seems like a small project, but it's... Oh, know, right. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, fast, fast forward to today and, uh, you know, you guys are doing more of the interior remodeling, you know, probably a design component to it. But what what does the next few years look like for you guys? What's the future look like? You know, I am trying to kind of step away more and more from the day-to-day kind of stuff. I do, I still do have, you know, conversations with clients and, and, you know, do that screening call and go out and meet them. But then I hand it off to my estimator who is my very first employee. She's still with me. And so I hand it off to her and then they, they take, they take it on from there. I'm really working on uh, workforce development and, you know, the training trades kind of thing. We're working on uh, with Seattle Central College to 
really bolster um, some training classes for the trades. We've got one program that goes one class in the evening. Then we have, uh, they've got a shop class for once a month that they do when they're finished over the year, then they get a certificate. It's backed by, uh, is it HBI? I think it's a certified curriculum for um, residential construction. Uh, So we're doing that, really wanting to bolster that a lot, working with master builders to get that going. Yeah, that's needed really badly right now. (laughs) Really, really badly. So yeah, we're, we're, it's just starting out. So it's really kind of fun and, and pulling the people together from, you know, master builders and then the builders association at the state level um, is getting involved. And then other people that are, you know, my colleagues that are other contractors that are interested in, in, you know, getting this going. So it's pretty fun. And I think it's going to be amazing if we can keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. So your role now is working on that piece and then also you do pre-qualification, but then after that, you're mostly out of sales and client delivery and that sort of thing. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice work. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. it takes it takes a while to get there, so yeah. that's that's awesome. Well, and I mean, to your point, like the the most needed piece probably for you, for you, but also the industry is the workforce development and like right. making sure that you can bring in, you know, if you're going to grow the business, you need to be able to find good people and uh-huh. pull them in. So um, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. On, on that note, you know, you're, you're out in the Seattle area. You kind of have your perspective on what's going on with the industry. What do you think are the biggest challenges that you're seeing in the industry, you know, now kind of this year, but maybe over the next two or three that we all need to be thinking about and, and working to, to solve? It's definitely the workforce development, but that's going to be a slow, gradual thing. I think that that we need to, to make, communicate with high schools and uh, middle schools and, and making it known to kids that this is a viable option for, you know, a career, right? You, you can you can go be an electrician and you're making six figures, and you don't have your you don't have student loans. Yeah, right. So so that's that's going to be a big push, and and just marketing to those people that getting out of the and I say this a lot, and please don't be offended, but the white dudes, right? It's like we need, yeah. we need to expand that. And I have women that send me their resumes. They don't have a lot of experience, but they really want to do this kind of work. And, you know, it's like, I want to come and work for you because, you know, I've, I've tried to do it with, you know, the, the typical contractor and it just doesn't work. So there's, there's that whole, you know, getting a whole different population in to do the trades. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I definitely agree. I mean, Anybody, basically anybody that wants to come work in this industry, we need to be welcoming with open arms right now because the numbers are so low. But yeah, there is that stigma with the industry. And so I think just shifting, shifting the perception, um, I think is important. Any other big like challenges or roadblocks you see facing, facing us over the next couple of years? No, I mean, it's been pretty great, especially here in the Seattle area. I mean, the demand is so high because we have that weird, because our housing prices are so high, there are those people that, you know, they can't buy a bigger house. So they're going to have to do some renovations on their current one. And that's a really nice sweet spot for us to be in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, knowing that there's a lot of other remodelers listening to this, 
thinking back, you know, over your your journey, what's one piece of advice that you would leave with anybody, um, whether they're they're new or they're more experienced, uh, something you've learned or uh, want to pass along? Find a mentor, somebody that that's done it already, and be willing to put in the time to actually learn the stuff um, of how to run the business. That's going to make a huge difference. Huge difference and what your numbers are and being able to look that. And, and my, my thing has always been, and it's kept me in business. It's like, I think that, okay, I could go find a job where I make more money than this and have a whole lot less stress, <laughs> but that keeps me moving as well. Right. Because I love being, you know, I love being the boss. So it's just having that, having that education. And there's a lot of programs out there that are free that, that you can learn, you know, all those kind of things that you need to know to run the business. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great advice. I feel like, yeah, that beginner mindset, just always having that, you know, what else do I need to learn? What else do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. It's uh, always a good place to be. Well, Amy, thanks so much for spending some time with me today and sharing your story. This was awesome. Thanks, Spencer. It has been great. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.